You're listening to Valley Edition. I'm Kathleen Schock. Margarita Engel, the celebrated author and poet who calls the Central Valley home, published two new books this year. The first, Your Heart, My Sky, is a young adult novel written in verse. The second is a children's picture book titled A Song of Frutas. I spoke with her about how both books were inspired by her Cuban-American heritage. Let's talk about the uh, young adult novel uh, called Your Heart, My Sky. So it tells this beautiful story of two young people falling in love amidst an economic crisis that gripped Cuba in the 1990s. For context, tell us about that time in Cuban history. Thank you, first of all, for um, seeing it as a love story. It was intended that way. People do fall in love no matter how difficult the times. The uh, historical context is really abrupt. Very suddenly in 1991, due to the collapse of the Soviet Union, as well as internal inefficiencies in Cuba's own lack of planning in their agriculture and so forth, food basically disappeared. People were starving. It was drastic. And I think the pandemic has shown us that that can happen anywhere in the world at any time, that something can suddenly disappear. I mean, for us, it was toilet paper last year, but what if it had been food? Uh, so the, the context for me personally is that I had visited my relatives in Cuba as a child before the travel restrictions were imposed when diplomatic relations broke off during the early 1960s. And I hadn't been back to Cuba in 31 years. Then in 1991, just as this economic disaster hit, Cuba hosted the Pan American Games and they put all their money into bringing tourism to the country, trying to establish a new economy. I was able to go back in the summer of 1991 for the first time in 31 years. And I was able to visit relatives and I was horrified by the hunger. And I felt so troubled by, because of my US passport, being able to stay in a hotel and eat a good meal, whereas they had nothing. They would open their refrigerators and say, we would offer you something, but we have nothing. And, and all there would be in their refrigerator was water. And every home in the, in the country was like that. So I had written about it as it was happening. And I found very little interest in the United States among American readers at that time. And so I wanted to write about it. I was writing for adults at that time in the 90s. Then in the 2000s, I had switched to writing for children because I feel like children and young adults are much more open-minded readers. That I makes sense, have a lot, yeah. I have a lot more fun uh, writing for children and young adults because the publishing industry is also more open-minded. I'm able to write everything in verse, and I'm happy when I write poetry. 
Whereas for adults, you're expected to write a lot of prose. <laughs> right, um, right. If you're gonna if you're gonna write a full length novel, it's usually in prose. It's very it would be very unusual to have a verse novel. So as long as I'm writing in poetry with this musical language, I feel like I can counteract the depressing aspect of this complex historical situation and really distill it down to its emotional essence. And I wanted to write about uh, the emotions of a young couple falling in love despite near starvation. Can you tell me more about these two protagonists at the center of this story and, and how they were drawn together in part through their individual acts of rebellion? Yes, young people at that time were expected to do volunteer work on their vacations in the fields. And at that time, it was primarily sugarcane, so it was extremely difficult manual labor. They would live in barracks, and it was very much like uh, training for being in the army a few years later. <laughs> and, and both of these young people in the story had simply not shown up and refused to do their mandatory volunteer farm labor. It was, ca was called volunteer work, but it was mandatory. If you didn't do it, you were, your whole family was punished in both overt and subtle ways. Um, you were not going to get into a good university. You were not going to have any advantages in your education and so forth. Your family was going to be viewed uh, with suspicion through, by the neighborhood committees that spied on each other. This is a very difficult situation to imagine, perhaps, for American young readers. But I think that there's been so much dystopia in the U.S. during the last few years that it's perhaps less difficult to imagine than it would have been at the time when it was happening in the 90s. Well, let's switch gears and talk about your other new book, A Song of Frutas, which is targeted at a much younger audience. Um, and it is also a love story, uh, but this one between a young girl visiting her grandfather in Cuba. Tell us a little bit more about the book. Now, this book is also about food, but it's the exact opposite. In this story, uh, the little girl who's going from the U.S. to Cuba to visit her grandfather and her grandfather is un pregonero. These are the singing vendors. I loved them when I was a child in Cuba visiting in the 1950s and early 60s. I loved that everybody who was selling something sang about it. They would push a cart or have a mule drawn or horse drawn or oxen drawn cart come down the street and sing, you know, to get you to buy whatever they were selling. And so in this case, I wrote about a fruit vendor singing to attract customers and the little girl is singing with him. It's a fun way for a child to learn the names of these fruits in English and Spanish. It's written in kind of a bilingual format, but it, it's a happy story, except that at the end, the little girl does wish that her grandfather could visit her too, because the uh, travel it is mostly in one direction uh, to, you know, relatives being able to go back to Cuba now, but 
not so easy for people to come from Cuba to the US. And so she writes letters and the letters are uh, a hug made of words. So there are several different aspects, but basically this one is a story of joy in the relationship between grandparents and grandchildren and the love of music and singing that's so much part of Cuban culture. Well, before I let you go, it would be wonderful if if you would uh, read a passage from the book. Okay, this is just the very beginning. When we visit Abuelo, I help him sell frutas. We sing the names of each fruit as we walk. Our footsteps like drumbeats and hands like maracas, shaking bright food shapes while we chant with the rhythm. Mango, limon, coco, melon, naranja, toronja, platano, piña. Our voices are bridges that reach up to windows, inviting strangers to look out and become friends. Smiling people perch on balconies, listening to our cheerful music. Well, I've been talking with Margarita Ingle, author and poet. Thank you so much for taking the time to be with us and talk about uh, your two new books. Thank you.